happy to have you with us for College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nix with Greg McElroy and Desmond Howard. Also today, Trevor Maddich goes one-on-one -on -one with Oregon star defensive lineman Kayvon Thibodeau. But we start this afternoon with our college football rankings brought to you by PlayStation. It's not a huge surprise. Defending national champion Alabama received 47 of the possible 63 votes in the preseason AP poll. Five teams received a first-place vote, though, including Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State and Georgia. It is a jam-packed week one featuring a record five ranked matchups starting with Texas. They began the Steve Sarkeesian era against Louisiana. The Raging Cajuns don't forget upset Iowa State in last season. Beware of take two. In the Big Ten, Indiana travels to Iowa to face the Hawkeyes. The Hoosiers went 6-1 in the conference. The Hawkeyes started 0-2. That was before they won six straight to end the year. We stay in the Big Ten. Wisconsin hosts Penn State. It's a top 20 matchup. The Badgers went 0-3 against ranked teams last season. The Nittany Lions won four straight to round out the season. And then it's number one ranked Alabama facing 14th ranked Miami in Atlanta. This game on ABC. Those two schools have not met since the 1993 Sugar Bowl when the Crimson Tide won the national title. And also on ABC, number five, Georgia, number three, Clemson. And according to the All-State Playoff predictor, this game projected to have the largest impact on the playoff field of any game this season. It's a top five showdown, and it could come down to the quarterbacks. Georgia QB JT Daniels enters the second season under center for the Bulldogs. He's been responsible for 25 touchdowns between his time in Athens and USC. And for the Clemson Tigers, DJ Ui Angelale enters his sophomore season with the Tigers after scoring nine total touchdowns a year ago. Des, I'll start with you and ask you quite simply, what intrigues you most about that marquee quarterback matchup? Well, you know, you look at uh, JT Daniels and what he brings to Georgia's offense. I mean, we saw it a year ago. He didn't play the first six games. But when he did get in there and he controlled the offense, I mean, it was a completely different offense. When you look at them, they scored eight points more a game with him at the quarterback position, uh, averaged over 100 yards of offense more. And what's more important is they converted at a rate of 53% when before he was playing quarterback, they only converted at a rate of 42%. So he brings experience. He brings knowledge. You know, he's going to be the guy that's going to make sure that they're on schedule, that they, that they are out of bad plays and getting the good plays. He's more than a game manager because I love the way that he throws the ball with such accuracy, such confidence. I just like what he brings to the offense. Make sure you pay attention to Georgia with JT Daniels. And Dez, he's the lesser talented quarterback in this matchup. Now, talent doesn't necessarily always breed success, but if you look at DJ Uyunglele, his skill set, the unique mobility for a guy that's that big, he's like Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, I don't know who else to really compare. Not Ben Roethlisberger of 2021, Des. Ben Roethlisberger of 10, 12 <laughs> years ago that could run around, evade defensive tackles, make guys miss, and still drive the ball accurately down the field. And what was amazing about DJ Uyunglele last year Yes, he played against Boston College. It wasn't pretty. They ended up having to come back in the game. They ended up winning it late in that game. But what he did the following week with Travis Etienne, and a lot of people said, well, what's Clemson going to look like without Travis Etienne? Travis Etienne in DJ Uyunglele's second career start 
had 28, car or 28 yards on 18 carries. So that further proves that DJ does not need the benefit of a quality run game to be able to give his team a chance against top-tier competition. We all know that Notre Dame team went on to make the college football playoffs. So this is a guy that has not played a lot, but in what little he has played, he's been extremely impressive and poised. I like the caveat. No disrespect to the 2021 Ben Roethlisberger, Greg, but time, get, time gets to us all. It's just a different story. Uh, listen, not that there was any drama to the decision, but it was made official in Tuscaloosa, Tuscaloosa, and that is Nick Saban has tapped sophomore Bryce Young as the starting quarterback for Alabama. This will be the gets their season opener against Miami. He backed up soon-to-be Patriots starter Mac Jones last year in Tuscaloosa, and here teammates bragging on their new starting quarterback. Bryce is a field general. Um, that's how I would describe him. I feel like there's nothing he can't do. I think versatile dynamic would be the word. Um, being able to make plays, um, just be a, be a really good playmaker. I'm confident in him. and I'm just ready to go out there and see him do it. You know, he wakes up every day and he works to be the best. You know, he, he leads by example. What's most important to Bryce right now is just doing his job, having a great impact you know, on this offense and on this team, and, you know, stepping up and being a great leader on the offense side of the ball and, you know, living up to, you know, his name. Young gets his first start against the Miami team, seeking its 10th all-time win over the AP number one team, which would be the most such wins in FBS history. The Canes also have De'Eric King. He's thrown for over nearly 500 yards in his career, responsible for over 100 touchdowns. Young has just one in his short career. A similar story, Greg, here in terms of quarterbacks like we will see in Georgia and Clemson. So how do you size up the quarterback matchup between the senior and the sophomore? Well, you'd always love to have experience in this particular case. And De'Eric King has obviously played remarkably well over the course of his career. Unfortunately for De'Ara King is that his progress within Rhett Lashley's offense was halted because he wasn't able to participate in any of spring and he only got to experience a little bit of summer at full speed. So he was cleared medically coming off the ACL tear that he experienced in the bowl game in June, which means he missed an awful lot of time to grow and develop and develop chemistry with some of those wide receivers that he has on the outside. Now he's played in big games before. He will give this Miami team every opportunity to be successful, but he's going to have to do so at a level in which he's never had to do so before. He does have capable pieces around him, but the Alabama defense is no joke. Love the experience, Des, but I don't like their chances of being successful on Saturday. <laughs> I bet you don't. You're right. Alabama's defense is no joke. I tell you what, you look at Bryce Young, though, you know, this is a guy who doesn't have the experience of De'Ara King, but Outside of that, when you talk to people, not only in Tuscaloosa, but people who've seen him practice, people who are at the spring game, I spoke to Joey Galloway, I spoke to Kirk Herbstreet, they said that this young man has the it factor. Now, he's kind of small, kind of slight, but when it comes to throwing the ball, ball placement, he has the goods. And you know they're going to constantly put him in winning situations. This is a young man with a tremendous amount of confidence. Don't forget, he was a five-star coming out of high school. He spent a year learning from Mac Jones last season, so he understands what the expectations are, and he knows what it takes to be a successful quarterback at Alabama. This is going to be a very interesting game because Manny Diaz, though, is taking over the Canes' defense. So now I want to see what type of wrinkles he's going to throw at young Bryce Young. 
And what a huge opportunity here. Obviously, Alabama coming in as the reigning defending champs, the top team in the country until proven otherwise. What, what a win it would be for Miami. Again, an outstanding week one slate. Uh, an interesting story coming out of Columbia. South Carolina has also made a decision on its quarterback, and they'll start former grad assistant Zeb Nolan against Eastern Illinois. Nolan thought he'd finish his playing career in May for North Dakota State, but hey, not, not so. He backed up Trey Lance before playing this spring, but when he came to South Carolina to be part of Shane Beamer's staff, he was forced to compete for the quarterback spot after Luke Doty was injured this preseason. Never say never. Uh, still to come on College Football Live, some big showdowns in the Big Ten to open the season. Which team can make the biggest statement in week one? And plus how Kayvon Thibodeau's love of chess helped him become a better football player. Trevor Maddich will explain. Stick around to find out. Kicks off Labor Day weekend on ESPN. Well, the Big Ten is back in week one. We've got four conference games. Favorites Ohio State start their 2021 campaign on the road against Minnesota. That's Thursday night. Fans will get to see their first chance as C.J. Stroud as the Buckeyes quarterback. Friday night on ESPN, Northwestern hosts Michigan State. And Saturday features Two top 20 matchups, Penn State and Wisconsin at noon, followed by Indiana against Iowa at 3.30. Greg, look, uh, as we survey the Big Ten, I will ask you specifically about that conference. Which of these teams can make the biggest week one statement? I'm going to go Ohio State. And, and Ohio State has kind of been lost in the shuffle, albeit ranked in the top five. Everyone seems to be poking <laughs> holes in what they bring back off a team that did a pretty dang good job last year. Des, it's amazing how we forget how good those wide receivers were, how talented that defense yeah. was in all but just a couple yeah. games. Yes, they didn't look great against Alabama, but whose defense did? I happen to think this defense is going to collectively look a lot better, especially along the line of scrimmage. The secondary is not going to be worse than it was and as inconsistent as it was last year, so I think they'll be better there. The offense is ready-made and tailor-made to plug a quarterback in and have success. We've seen this group do this time and time again, and yet they're only a two-touchdown favorite on the road at Minnesota against a team that really didn't look very consistent last year. So I think Ohio State, if they go out and pound Minnesota, that would send an early message that this team's not going to drop off at all, Des. Greg, I'm telling you, listen, my friend Greg, let me offer some words of advice to you. There's no way a top four team can ever make a statement against a team that's not even in the top 25. <laughs> they can beat Minnesota by five touchdowns, and we're going to say, you know what? They're supposed to beat Minnesota by five touchdowns. There's no way they can make a statement beating Minnesota on the road by two, three, four. Who cares? So I don't know about that, but I think Penn State, though, Greg, listen, I think people are sleeping on the Nittany Lions. You know why, Greg? Because they started the season 0-5 a year ago. But don't forget, then they were able to run the table. They won four games in a row. What does that tell you about that team's resolve? I mean, you're talking about a team that could have folded their tent after going 0-5, but no. They hung in there. They kept fighting. They returned about nine starters on offense, including 
their quarterback, Sean Clifford, and their outstanding wide receiver, Jahan Dotson. They bring back seven guys on defense. I think Penn State going up against Wisconsin, that might be the Big Ten team that can make a statement. Favored to win 10 out of their 12 games, as you can see right there. Listen, as we look ahead to week one this year, let's not forget what happened as we opened the college football season last year. We flash back opening weekend. Louisiana went on the road as 13-point underdogs. They stunned Iowa State in Ames. Billy Napier and the Raging Cajuns went on to win 10 games last season. They open in Austin against another Big 12 team. That would be Texas, the Horns' eight-point favorites in that one. And speaking of the Horns, Steve Sarkeesian officially tapped redshirt freshman Hudson Card as the starting quarterback for Texas, though junior Casey Thompson will also see some action against Louisiana. Card is an Austin native and was number 40 overall recruit in his class. So uh, an interesting situation, Greg, to see how these two quarterbacks work together in this game. What do you anticipate from Steve Sarkeesian's offense early on? Well, they better be careful. Uh, I'll say that first and foremost. This is a Louisiana team that's insanely <laughs> physical, not just on the offensive side of the football, but on the defensive side as well. They're going to get up in the face of the wide receivers, and they're going to dare you to beat press coverage. And if you can't, guess what? It's going to be a long day. So that's the first thing I'd say. What I'm interested to see is how he uses each quarterback. Now, Hudson Card, athletic guy, but really more of a pocket passer. You look on the other side, Casey Thompson, a little bit more athletic, did a beautiful job against Colorado in the bowl game. He did four touchdowns and 10 attempts. So I'm curious to see how he uses which one based on the skill set that that guy has. And then the other thing I'm really interested in, Sark's always done a great job, Des, of featuring playmakers. Well, the playmaker that I point to within that offense is B. John Robinson. How the heck is he going to feed that talented sophomore running back? That dude's one of the best in college football already as a 19-year-old second-year player. So will they use him in protection? Probably not, but they'll use him in the passing game, and I look forward to seeing how Sark does that, Des. You're right, Greg. I think B. John Robinson is the key. No matter who he starts at quarterback, as long as B. John Robinson is back there at the running back position, I think they're going to be okay. And Sark realizes that. He understands that. I still do think that they're not going to take Iowa State lightly because of what happened a year ago. When they, I mean, I, I'm sorry, Louisiana, because what Louisiana did to Iowa State last year. But I do think he's still in the evaluation process of trying to figure out which quarterback he can go with for the rest of the season. That's why he's going to play both quarterbacks. He's going to see how they respond to pressure and how they respond to live bullets per se, because that's what we call it when the game is, is not a scrimmage, it's a real game. And then he's going to make his decision about which quarterback is going to be the quarterback for the Longhorns for the stretch, the long stretch. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he plays his quarterbacks. Keep an eye on that. Certainly a tool for Sarkeesian, though, to remind his team, does, as you mentioned, hey, this is the group that made everybody crazy last year. They can, they can certainly do it again if given the opportunity. Uh, still to come on College Football Live, again, we will turn to Trevor Maddich. Could Kayvon Thibodeau become the first defensive player to win the Heisman since Charles Woodson? Trevor will show us exactly how it could happen. Oregon opens up their season against Fresno State on Saturday. Before that, though, our own Trevor Maddich takes to the road virtually as he stops at just about every major football program. Up first, Oregon coming off a Pac-12 title. 
Trevor explains how the Ducks could get to the college football playoff. The most devastatingly disruptive defensive player in college football plays for Oregon. Defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau is so dominating on such a spectacular level that he has a chance to be only the second defensive player in history to win the Heisman Trophy. And that's exactly what he intends to do. Just ask him. He'll tell you right to your face, and then he'll go out and prove that he's worth it. Let's go to the film room and watch how Kayvon tosses opponents across the football field. Now, in order for a defensive player to be considered for the Heisman, he can't just be great at his job. He has to be dominating in entertaining fashion. And part of the fun of watching Thibodeau on tape is how he tosses opponents all around the field. Now, because he's so athletic and fast, you would think that the advantage for the offense would be to run right at him to negate that athleticism. Well, let's see how it works out for him. <laughs> That's getting tossed across the formation. And then the athleticism comes in, finishes the play. So, plan B, get an advantage for the offense. Trap it from across the formation. That'll smash him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. So how do you get an advantage against Kayvon Thibodeau? Well, how about you force him to cover a running back deep down the field in space on a wheel route? Because Thibodeau is a defensive end after all. But he's a defensive end with the speed and agility of a safety. Now, Oregon won't ask him to cover like this down the field very often this year. But when he does, he stands out. And speaking of standing out, Pac-12 championship game, USC. Elijah Vera Tucker was the first-round draft choice of the Jets this year. And Thibodeau goes around him as if he's not even there. He was MVP of this championship game. Now, sacking the quarterback is very important, but that doesn't get you Heisman consideration. Crushing your opponent's dreams is what gets you noticed. There's Kayvon Thibodeau. Wow. One-on-one -on -one matchup, he's very difficult to block. And he's only getting better. And now we're joined by Oregon defensive end. Kayvon Thibodeau. And Kayvon, let's talk about fear. What role does fear play in football? I feel like it all starts with the first play. You know, if you're able to strike fear into your opponent, that'll carry out through the game, and especially until the fourth quarter when they get tired and, you know, when their back's against the wall. Sometimes you can talk to them. Sometimes even like a quarterback, being able to whisper to them or, you know, not always uh, getting the sack, but getting the pressure and having them feel your presence and, you know, letting them know if they don't get that ball out quick, you'll be on them. Now, you're known as not just a guy who strikes physical fear, but a guy who uses your mind. And, and you play chess. What role does the thinking side of chess play in your football game? Well, chess helps you set up moves. When you learn that, you know, your first move and your second move helps up your third move, that's what all people, like a lot of people who play chess, say like, you know, three-move checkmate because of the moves they set up. So when you, you know, to correlate that to football, if I have, you know, first down, second down to kind of set up what moves I'm going to do in pass rush, third down, you know, I kind of have the move that I know you're expecting versus the move that I'm going to do. You've got big goals. So let's start with football. What are your goals in football this year? Uh, first is to win this fall camp and have the best fall camp of the year. Then is to hopefully play for a national championship, go 1-0 uh, through the process. And then with the national championship, I hope to win the Heisman. Oh, okay, now, win the Heisman. There's only one primarily defensive player in history that has ever won the Heisman. That's Michigan's Charles Woodson. How can you be the second? What needs to happen in order for you to get to that pinnacle? Well, I need to be at the uh, prime shape of my life. Um, I need to be able to be a four-down player, in which I am, and I need to be able to be able to execute and play at the highest level 
for the whole game. We need to win, you know, as a team and play Oregon football. Thibodeau's impact and charisma make him the ultimate game changer. And I expect his coaches to give him some extra opportunities to shine, like block a few punts, which he's already done, and possibly even score some touchdowns. That's what Michigan's Charles Woodson did when he became the only primarily defensive player in history to have won the Heisman. He bolstered his resume by returning kicks and playing some wide receiver. But as for Kayvon, he's focused on the football and letting the rest play out on its own. For the rest of us, every Oregon game should be appointment viewing. Makes sense, Trev. Thank you. Oregon highlights our Saturday slate. Of course, they host Fresno State. UCLA looking to build on its impressive win over Hawaii. They face a tough test, though, from number 16 LSU. Speaking of which, due to Hurricane Ida and all that comes with it, the LSU Tigers have relocated to Houston this week, and they will stay there until they head out for their game. So Ed Orgeron's crew does, uh, got a lot on their plate, both on and off the field. Uh, what are your expectations for those Tigers week one? Well, I think that uh, LSU is going to come out here to, to prove a point. Don't forget, you know, such a, a, a long fall from the 2019 season to the 2020 season. So they want to prove that they're better than what they put on the field a year ago. It's going to be a great matchup, Greg. Yeah, I think UCLA showed everybody it's nothing to mess around with. That run game is for real. So LSU is going to have to be their best self on defense or else UCLA could run up uh, some serious rushing yardage throughout the course of that game. Well, we've got Georgia Clemson. We've got Miami, Alabama. We've got Texas on the road. What a week one slate we've got. College Football Live will be back on Thursday on ESPN2 to get you ready for the first full weekend of college football.